This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Here we go. It's hour number two of the G-Bag Nation here on your home of the Cowboys. And uh, we're talking football here now with Mike Golick Jr. He is a DraftKings NFL host and he and his uh, daddy... Mike Golick Sr. host a live daily studio show on the DraftKings Network, Gojo and Golick. They anchor the DraftKings Network uh, weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Texas time as Gojo joins you now here in the nation. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? I'm doing well. It's a shame that nothing is currently happening in NFL circles <laughs> that would at all pique the interest of Dallas Cowboys fans. Yeah, no doubt, man. You're going to have to add like a third hour to talk about all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> man you're not kidding it is uh it's it's so weird because usually this is the kind of stuff you pray for in the off season we know black monday at the end of the regular season usually comes with this but in the same way that sort of the retirement of guys like drew Brees and peyton manning and even tom brady much later but that way it felt like a real changing of the guard it kind of feels like we're doing that to some extent with some of the head coaching around the nfl right now with news about Pete Carroll, what we expect to come down the pipe potentially on Bill Belichick, a lot of the fixtures in our lifetime at certain institutions in the NFL, a lot of change in the air, man. It's a wild time. How much of a, of a favorite do you think Dan Quinn is to get that Seattle job? That's what we're all wondering here right now. Yeah, I got to imagine that's near the top of the list. It's sort of the same word association when Vrabel got fired that everyone in New England thought, given the background there. And, and for Seattle, I mean, what a coup would this would be. I don't know what drew this in Seattle. We're a couple of days removed, I feel like, from Pete Carroll coming out and saying that he still felt you know, invigorated, still felt like coaching that was something that is in his heart. And now seeing him agree to this, whatever conversation happened seemed to be amicable enough to where he agreed to stay on in some advisor role. But it allows them to do what I think is the most valuable thing in sports, which is be early rather than be late when it comes to the transition of power from a beloved figure and to have someone like Dan who is of that place, who is still incredibly accomplished at, you know, at a high level right now as a coach and incredibly sought after seems like a perfect fit. And, you know, I think on the other side of that, for, you know, for us, it's like uh, it's going to be a, a, hopefully a great playoff run. But looking to next year, if you would lose Dan Quinn, how difficult would he be to replace? Well, I, I think someone of Dan Quinn's caliber as a coach, obviously you see what he's meant, especially in the development of young guys, you know, Trevon Diggs in the back end, Micah Parsons on the front end. You've heard these guys talk about the importance of Dan Quinn and keeping him around as long as you have. Now, every offseason's felt like a win. That being said, those same pieces that I mentioned are also a great sell to any prospective defensive coordinator on the other side who wouldn't want to come in as a hot name trying to make their way through the coaching ranks or even a veteran name right now as we see guys like Wink Martindale get on the market to come in and have the kind of pieces on the defense to play with that you've got in Dallas right now. So I think you're incredibly well positioned. You know, everyone's linking DQ to, to Seattle now, but if you were Dan Quinn, is that the place that you would want to go? If you had your pick of the litter of these open jobs, is Seattle the most attractive? Hey, 
No, I would say not, but I would also say I don't know for how many people Dan Quinn is going to be the number. Like, this is a pretty robust offseason in terms of the coaching candidates, both in terms of, let's think about established head coaches, a guy, you know, like Dan yeah. Quinn, who obviously has some of that in his background, but the guys that are recently let go with Vrabel, with the potential of Belichick being there, with the Jim Harbaugh potential of a guy making his return to the NFL, and then some of the coordinators that we know are going to be involved in this offseason, like Dan, Mike McDonald in the Baltimore Ravens, Shane Steichen, uh, or not sorry, Shane Steichen, excuse me, uh, Bobby Slowick in the Texans to try and go the Shane Steichen route. It's a competitive marketplace and a great opportunity for organizations with what all appear to be quality candidates. It's not like one of those off seasons where it feels like we're reaching a ton. So it could be that perfect middle ground of familiarity breeding enough comfort to say, let's do this without having to wade through too much of the rest of the marketplace. Even though you do the proper search, you vet all the candidates, knowing full well that this could be the best opportunity for both parties because of that relationship. You know, over the last couple of years when this topic has come up, we would throw out the idea, would you fire Mike McCarthy to keep Dan Quinn? And obviously now that's not even a starting conversation, is it? Well, I, I don't know. You guys tell me, like, we I heard the Jerry Jones quote from last yeah. week when he got asked about Mike McCarthy's future, and he said, well, and, and I understand, like, this is like what Michigan fans are used to with Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL offseason, every offseason. Dallas Cowboys fans, you guys, I have to imagine, are pretty used to Jerry saying the thing that will draw the most interest. And so when Jerry says, you know, we'll take it game by game in the postseason and see what happens as it pertains to Mike's future, I also take that with a grain of salt because I understand somewhat of the showman there. But it is still an interesting situation. You've got that mounting up. You've got a roster that seemed to be designed to kind of peak this year that's only still getting older up front in the offensive line in those key spots. And certainly from a quarterback standpoint, Still haven't figured out any change in the financials. Like, did something happen last time I checked? No. Rearranging all that money that's coming towards Dak Prescott next year. So there's a lot of stuff hanging in the balance with Dallas that doesn't make this seem like the most stable situation to me should things go wrong in the postseason. It was, it's amazing how, how Mike McCarthy doesn't get recognized, I guess, as, a, as an absolute definite good coach. Um, you know, how things ended in Green Bay and then started with Dallas. But, I mean, all he does is just, like, stack up double-digit win seasons. And at least in the regular season, he's a hell of a coach. What do you think of him, uh, Gojo? I'd agree. And I had someone frame it to me like this that I thought was interesting because when Mike Vrabel got fired, we were all pretty shocked because we looked at that Tennessee roster and said that's been a lot of making chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what at mm. times, given the moves that were so bad they decided to fire John Robinson last year, admitting, hey, this is probably mm. a personnel problem. And even when you heard from Ron Carthen today, he said, I don't know how good you could expect us to be down the stretch with nine starters on IR and a rookie quarterback who is also now missing time being injured at the end of the year. But I, I likened Mike Vrabel to what we've seen from Mike Tomlin, where yeah, he's not a guy that comes with a specific exo background on one side of the ball that's hot coordinator track, right? Like we see with the Shanahan McVay guys where you're a scheme guy. Brable, Mike Tomlin, they seem like true culture guys when you talk about their appeal, why so many organizations feel like they'd be lucky to have them. And someone brought up, why is Mike McCarthy not talked about in that same day? Now, obviously, Mike's back to calling the plays again. He's got a little bit more of an association with that side of the ball. But you're right, as someone who has been around a lot of winning football, I do think he probably doesn't get enough of that credit, 
mostly because, quite honestly, of the way it was framed as him versus Aaron on the way out of Green Bay. And we've obviously seen the way that that's aged a little bit. I think all of us might look back on that relationship and wonder a little bit more of, hey, maybe Mike was keeping more together than we ever realized and probably deserves a little bit more credit for how things went there consistently over that relationship. Hey, Mike, uh, Zach missed the game last week because of flu. I'm a little disappointed in Notre Dame now and the the toughness of the player. I noticed in you're wearing your three quarter zip there right now. Uh, you know what? What about that? Lyman Notre Dame missing games because of flu. What, what do we need to reevaluate the toughness <laughs> of the Notre Dame player as we're going for like a Joe Alt? You know, could be the best tackle, but do we have to think about flu now in the Notre Dame evaluation? Yeah, you know what? I I, I didn't have that on the bingo card there for Zach. We're gonna have to get the try. You know. The tribunal together yeah. of, you know, him, Ronnie Stanley, Mike McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson, the NFL representatives for the yes. Golden Dome right now. Yes. And figure out where this falls as I check up this morning and I, I had go through my brain like death, taxes, and then seeing Zach Martin make another all pro team. Right. I'm glad that in this chaotic world, there uh-huh. are a few things that I can count on as steadfast in my life. And I know it was the NFLPA. It's the second year that they've done sure. their version of the all pro team. But I, I, there was a nice tie at left guard that involved Quentin Nelson. There was no debate at right guard. No, it was Zach Martin, all. and we kept that thing moving. So uh, I, I'll give Zach the lifetime achievement in year 10 right now. Okay. We'll give him flew off of this game, all right. understanding that he's going to come out this weekend and probably strap up everybody on the inside of that Green Bay. No, defense. you're absolutely right about that. What, you know, you talk about that list. Micah Parsons wasn't on that list. Does he – is it strange because – Players don't know where to put him. Is he an edge? Is he a linebacker? Is that why he doesn't appear on this list? Well, I I think that's certainly part of it. Maybe we're still at a point where people kind of see that hybrid role for him. But it's also just there's an embarrassment of riches right now at the edge in the NFL and the way you look at it. And, you know, we talked about the triumvirate a lot when it came to the defensive MB or defensive player of the year voting him, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, like, there's really no wrong answers in there. And so it's one of those where it's going to look kind of funny in the light every once in a while, because based on how this is structured, we're going to have an odd man out every so often. I don't think anyone, especially if you pulled offensive tackles around the league would think any less God forbid. And I, I want to go on record of this. Everyone wanted to talk about the brotherly shove and outlawing Mm -hmm. that and how this wasn't football. If you want to talk about outlawing that, I want to speak up for interior alignment. We need to outlaw putting guys like Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons over the center. Yeah. That shouldn't be allowed. When you <laughs> sign up to play center, you're doing that to escape the monsters on the perimeter. Even if you ask Zach in an honest moment, I, I bet he would say, man, I like being down here playing this guard spot, not having to deal with the guys that Tyron and those dudes do on the edge. Yeah. You shouldn't have to have that waltz into your dojo down in the middle of the offensive Ooh. line. So if you're going to ban the brotherly shove for t- being too violent, Ban bringing edge rushers over the center for being far too athletic. That's mean. Yeah, treat the center like the long snapper, man. Just give this guy a break for a second, okay? <laughs> he's, got talking, rushing, he's got a baby. lot going on here. Uh, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh earlier. Best guess, does he stay at Michigan or does he does he move on? Trying to game this out is difficult because yeah. I understand all this could be a leverage play to try and get the most amount of money out of a place that once forced this man not too long ago to take a pay cut. Like if Jim Harbaugh was really trying to wring every last dollar he could out of Michigan, now that he's given them the greatest thing they could ever want in that gift of a title, I wouldn't blame him. That being said, when I think about the Harbaugh's, we all saw the pieces done about the family, John and Jim, all that stuff, alpha competitors, like guys that want to go and perform at the highest level. 
And now that Jim has done this back at his alma mater, he's gone and he's given them that gift. The last thing on the bingo card for this dude is to try and get back to and win the Super Bowl this time. And I do think the way these guys are wired, he wants the competition of competing at the highest level of football. The professional football, the NFL, is the best thing that we have to offer in the sport. And so I wouldn't be stunned if he made the jump, especially now, because there are some enticing openings, especially we know the Chargers having a quarterback ready-made in there. For a guy in Jim Harbaugh who we can say anything we want about the personality quirks, the guy is instant paddles on the chest for any organization he's walked into gets you up and running and gets you competitive in a hurry faster than most coaches are capable but michael you worried about and we had this discussion yesterday about is his way of offense does you know it worked it with colin kaepernick in san francisco does that work in today's football does that work in today's nfl with with his insistence of just going out and trying to run for 300 yards in a game like he did the other night yeah, I would be interested because I, I think while there are parts of Jim that feel the same, I also think he's mellowed out a lot. I think in his time, this is the longest tenure we've seen for him at any of these right. stops in Ann Arbor, unsurprisingly, sure. being his alma mater. I would be interested to see what the adjustment is. That being said, he's walking back into the NFL or would be at a time where that's more on trend than it's been in a while when we look around at the way some of the offenses especially I mean look at the NFC the way Philadelphia won last year the way the 49ers have been winning yeah Yeah, it's got a complimentary pass game to it but it's built on a lot of multi-tight end ground-based offensive line dominant attacks and in general that's something that's never going to go out of style if you've got a coach that can build the foundation like that I think the question for Jim has always been for a guy that got that quarterback whisperer moniker never really translated outside of like one guy that yeah. you know we all know was a bit of a transcendent talent with Andrew so if you're bringing him into a spot where that's taken care of part of me worries a little bit less about that especially if the right hire is made which that's the one thing you could definitely point to at Michigan he hired the right people yeah. like Sharon Moore their offensive coordinator is the future head coach Jesse Minner on the backside we know got defense you know defensive uh coach over there has a lot of NFL to his bag as another guy with a bright future. So I would look at that and say all of that seems to translate well if he were to make the jump. Looks like Deion Sanders has the number one uh, transfer portal recruiting class. What's that get you at Colorado? Uh, uh, you know what? I, I really don't know at this point. Year two of trying to do the experiment like that, where I think I saw they only had five or six high school yeah. commits. I just... I, I know we're limited sample size with all the portal stuff right now, so it's hard to draw any too far-reaching conclusions. But in general, the way we've seen the best programs operate is you use that as something to supplement, not to full-on augment the way that you build your roster. And we've seen Alabama, Georgia, a lot of the big-time schools like that. Certainly Michigan has operated in that way, largely kept the core of that team intact. And then you know, for myself personally, hearing Marcus Freeman talk, after sign- the early signing period this time around saying, make no mistake, we're, we're making a splash in the portal, but we want to major in high school recruiting because that's your bedrock. In a day and age where roster attrition in college football without real contracts is going to be a constant, you've got to do everything you can to give yourself the best war chest of talent. And doing that through the portal seems like risky business, especially when right now the foundation of their football that we talked about is cracked along the offenses and defensive lines. They don't have enough quality up top for getting the depth that it takes to sustain in power five football. So I do have some worries about that as a strategy right now. Mike is, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to some people in scouting world about uh, the number of juniors potentially coming into the draft. And it seems like the number is way down. Is that because the NIL money 
these kids are making money now and they want to stay in school and all that? Is that are we going to start to see those those numbers kind of dwindle from what they used to be in the past? I'm sure it'll make some more guys think twice because there used to be a lot of those juniors that would leap way without looking without and all looking, of a sudden yeah. wind up as late round guys, undrafted free agents. And there's any number of reasons for that. Like, you know, I heard years ago about a guy who left early, went undrafted. And it's like, yeah, well, he had a kid on the way that he had to yeah. take care of. He didn't have the means otherwise. And so he had to start earning money. Now guys have real life stressors on them that are often factors in these decisions. In addition to pride and the normal things we think of. And so I'm sure the NIL money available can assuage some of those fears if you're a guy that's on the bubble and thinking about making a move out of necessity rather than out of the best possible interest of your professional future with the information that you have. All right, Gojo. So Aaron Rodgers has lived rent-free in my Cowboy nightmares. He's no longer a Green Bay Packer. Thank goodness. Is this finally the time that the Cowboys slay the Packers in the postseason since the 90s? I would lean yes, but man, Jordan Love ain't going to make it easy on anybody. Like, it seems like they did it again, uh, that Packers team. They need to, like, what Dallas has been able to do in offensive line evaluation and acquisition, the Green Bay Packers appeared to have done in quarterback. Now, the last two quarterbacks that have gone out there, one of them is espousing, you know, COVID anti-vax theories on a national show every day, and the other one was accused of welfare fraud. So (laughs) I'm hoping that Jordan can go out here and just be a little bit normal off the field. For a while but as far as quarterback play he's inherited that gene where even in year one he looks so comfortable and has grown with the young core on that offense in a way that's really remarkable they spent so much of this year cycling through guys in different spots on that offensive line that's got some talented pieces and seem to have finally settled there we know the backfield had names that we knew but watching romeo dobbs and you know albeit christian watkins unfortunately mm-hmm. hasn't been healthy for long enough there everyone's kind of grown with jordan who seems to have a real command of what Matt LaFleur is doing. So I still think Dallas is further down the line, much further maturity wise with where this roster is at and they'll be able to get them. But Jordan Love is proving that the NFC North is by no means Detroit's division from here on out. You're the man, Gojo. Thank you so much. We'll send everybody to watch you and your dad on DraftKings. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Have a good one. There he goes. Mike Golick Jr. here with you once again on your home of the Cowboys talking football. That's uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, yeah. and thanks to those guys for setting him up now. I believe that is two weeks in a row. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll get him on Radio Row and, and maybe even between now and then as well. Okay, uh, more football for you. We'll check where are we going. Oh, we got a Stephon Gilmore update. Jersey bands. We got angry Jags fans and coaching rumors. That's next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry, 
at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. It is the GBAC Nation here on 105.3 The Fan Time. Now for the NFL news of the day as we continue our march towards the wild card pregame, uh, which is 1230 Sunday here on The Fan. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If your loved one's been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation, 214 or 817-333-3333. Go to truckwreck.com. It's going to be a colden. On Saturday, isn't it? About about 34 degrees, something like that, around kickoff. It's be chilly. It's unbelievable. Yep. Here's Wolchuk with your NFL news of the day. Thank you very much. I guess uh, our guys will not be at the Miller Lite West Plaza for the pregame show. Now, we don't have to worry about this for the postgame show because we're inside. You know, we're at the Miller Lite Club downstairs, which is very, very nice. But for the pregame, typically you guys are at the Miller Lite West Plaza with uh, those frigid temperatures. It does not appear you'll be outside. I had, uh, I had my sideline parka ready for Eric in this game. I was going to bring him on, on Friday. I was going to bring a jacket for him so he was able to, you know, be able to, to function out Postseason there. pregame party outside, man, with the Tolos yeah. and the Cowboy fans. I think so. Okay. Handle the tundra. Watch the Green Bay fans walk in. They will, they'll, oh. have, they'll have on, like, short sleeve shirts. I bet. They, they, that, I, I lived there five years. I never went swimming one time. Yeah, never got it. close to water. I mean, freezing. I, I went over water every day going to work and stuff like that, but never, ever thought about getting in a, in a pool or yeah. anything there. Is it, true, is it true about the road Packer fans? They do the, the pocket brats? I've never heard this. I've never heard but this. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. The pocket dog. Yeah, but they go pocket brat, obviously, because they're like they have a hubris about their their brats, yeah. and so when they enter a road uh, stadium, I love this idea. They wanna they wanna bring in their own, you know, potluck style, but it's not for anybody else; it's just for them. So they they wedge three or four brats in the pocket, and I don't know if AT and T Stadium would let them do that. Like, I think it's a it's a sneaky it's a sneaky bit, like sneaky situation, taping it on the inner thigh type of deal. And of course, it's not going to buzz as you go through security. It's uh, that that is true. That is a fact. The brat won't. Uh, it's not going to set off any alarms. I would just, <laughs> just brat alert. Brat alert. He's got one. I just wear the hoodie and then put it in the pockets. Well, it's in the not front a bad idea. Just wrap it up in foil. Like, yeah, like three of them, and you know, just wrap them up. Well, good news on Stefan Gilmore. Uh, reporters were talking yeah. to him today. By the way, I mean it's it's a madhouse. I got an update on that one too. Just from the pictures that we're seeing, uh, fifty plus reporters are there for the Cowboys open media for the locker room. But Stefan Gilmore was asked if he plans to play. He said, "Yeah, for sure." Uh, he did indicate that he's going to wear a harness. He could test it tomorrow at yeah. practice. He said, quote, I'm looking forward to the opportunity this week, whatever it takes. So conf- confirmation on the harness? Yeah, absolutely. It's a strap. It's with shoelaces on it. It goes under the jersey, of course, and you hardly notice it. And so I also asked him about, like, how about the range of motion on that thing? He says, no, it's good. Everything's good. fine there. Yeah, he's going to play. You talk so. about playing man. You're, you're going to need Gilmore and, and Bland out yeah. there and Jordan Lewis lining up and, and taking on these guys. Now, the uh, NFL Players Association released their all-pro team. We talked about this a little bit with Gojo just a moment ago because Micah Parsons does not appear on this, but some Cowboys did. Wide receiver CeeDee Lamb, left guard Tyler Smith, right guard Zach Martin, cornerback Deron Bland, and our kicker, Brandon Butter Aubrey are the uh, NFL Players Association All-Pro team members from your Dallas Cowboys. Still stunned that Micah Parsons did not make How about this. Dak? 
And Dak, yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson got it, which I think he's also going to edge Dak out for MVP. So maybe that makes some sense. But yeah, uh, an upset that Dak didn't make it as well. Certainly some Cowboys left off that, that that had a chance to make it. But I think Micah Parsons probably the most egregious. But hopefully he gets on the uh, regular AP. I know they've interviewed him before. And the one that he, there's the Pro Bowl one he's not a big fan of. But he appreciates the top 100. Which, I mean, the, player play, and the players vote on yeah. that. And here and here he is. He's This is the Players Association vote, right? Yes. So, here, so I think this will take him pays, off. He pays union dues for this thing. He might not be paying his dues. Anymore. Absolutely. He I might think, say, the heck with your dues. This is ridiculous. What the hell are we doing? So it's official. I, that, do, I do feel like, though, that players don't know where to put him. And that makes sense. Maybe, think, maybe that draws. But he's clearly yeah. an edge. He lines up the majority of his snaps, 90-plus percent, he's lining up as an edge rusher. So you, you put him at defensive end, and we move on. But it's not that Max Crosby's not deserving, Collingville right. Heritage Zone. Yeah. He absolutely is. Not a slide on the players that did make it. But Micah Parsons, who's regarded as maybe the best pass rusher in the sport, led the league in pressures. Not on it. Uh, now, Wink Martindale and the New York Giants have officially agreed to mutually part ways. Did they MF each other on the way out? They sure did. The reports are that Wink Martindale... Cursed out Coach Brian Dayball during a meeting on Monday. A source confirmed the New York Post reports that, uh, well, Martindale said his piece, which I imagine was a lot of F-bombs, got up, (laughs) slammed the door, and walked on out of the building. So Wink Martindale's out there. He's still technically under contract, so I don't know what that means for him just going and signing as a new D.C. for a new team. But now the Giants are open for business when it comes to hiring a defensive coordinator. Did see yesterday that Antonio Pierce, if he doesn't get the Raiders job, would certainly be of interest to go back to New York where he won Super Bowls, be their defensive coordinator. But the Titans have just requested to interview Antonio Pierce as their head coach. So that's an interesting development there for Antonio Pierce. We still don't know if the Raiders are going to go ahead and bring him back as head coach. The Bears fired offensive coordinator Luke Getze today. That was expected along with four offensive assistants. But it appears their head coach, uh, Matt Eberflus, is going to remain as their head coach. As you know, they had uh, Ryan Poles talking, you know, their GM today, and he was speaking very highly of Justin Fields, but he did acknowledge we're in a unique situation. Very unique situation. Doug And Doug Peterson let go of a bunch of guys yesterday. Yeah, they uh, cleaned house on defense. Completely clean house. I mean, down to, like, off uh, defensive assistants, you know, guys like that, the the way, way down the line guys. So, wow. that's what The the Bears keeping Eberflus is hilarious, though. I mean, my gosh, what are they? What are they doing? I don't know. They felt like though that his situation—he started calling defenses, and the defense got better. And the defense got better, which and makes sense. Gonna, it's and, his and, forte, and he's going to start doing. That's what we're going into next year. He's going to be the defensive coordinator and the head coach is what he's going to be. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of Jacksonville, we had a disgruntled fan uh, that was inebriated, but she was arrested Monday night after she intentionally crashed her car into the Jags practice facility. So she crashes through the gates, then tries to crash through the glass doors of the facility. The Jags acknowledged this. It was a 32-year-old woman. She ran into the glass, the Miller Electric Center, where they practice, and uh, the Jags issued a statement that it was damaged. They're currently gathering information. We're mindful that there is an ongoing investigation, but, you know, hey, this is an angry fan taking matters into her own hands. Like, this isn't good enough. I'm going to go ahead and just wreck into your practice facility it happens it's more often more common than you might think uh you know cars driving into businesses uh we were doing radio about uh, 15 years ago at 95.5 the game in uh, in portland and i'd left uh, f- uh my shift at morning drive and some psycho drove through 
the uh, front lobby area. Oh my! Pulled gosh. right up on the receptionist desk. She pulls out her her, her three eighty semi automatic. No. She was a concealed carry Ooh. gal, and points it right at the guy. Mm. And uh, he put it in reverse and drove away. Turns out. Uh, it was mental t- mental illness, wow. um, and he thought the guy that I had replaced, who did like a, a morning music show, dude named PK. She thought that he was like saying things to her in in like you know coded messages. Gosh, and that he'd left, so she was looking for you know the the person that was giving the coded messages, like the, the movie radio. talk radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. essentially, that's a great wow. movie. Got to see that. Started here in Dallas. Uh, the guy yep. that was doing all the talking reminds me of Arnie Spanier. Yes, Dead Ringer. <laughs> oh, Arnie. That 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 movie terrified me actually. Hell yeah, it still does. When I walk <laughs> to the parking lot. Yeah, yep. yeah. You give me a late night shift yep. out of Gosh. here. I'm gonna think about that show as I'm cruising through that parking garage. Yeah, six eight two. They were seven and three. I understand how it, how she feels. They were eight and three to make it even worse. I mean, terrible collapse there at the end of the season. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you guys think? Fair or foul on this? You have a, a Lions fan group that is trying to put out a jersey ban for Matthew Stafford jerseys. The announcement, please don't wear a Lions Stafford jersey to the game because, of course, they're hosting the Rams, whom now Matthew Stafford's with after they made that trade for Goff. They said this is not a time to be cute or funny. This is about business and putting the final nail in the coffin. It ain't personal. It's just business. Well, Kelly Stafford, Matthew's wife, not happy with this. She went ahead on Instagram, reposted this, said this is sad. Because how it's dare you. the completely opposite of how we feel about this city. But Matthew has always been the bigger person and will continue to be that, praying for an incredible game with zero injuries. I'm oh. sorry, uh, but Kelly Stafford talked crap about Detroit on their way out. I think she should hush. That's probably the fourth time I've said this on that sh- on this show. You have. Yeah. You've told her she needs to sit down and pipe it down. I just, it's not good. It's it's not good for the player. Like Her podcast was bad. This is bad. This is making it worse. This is going to make people want to boo her husband now. Yeah, I don't think, think there's an issue with wearing a Stafford jersey to the game. It's still a Lions jersey, and he went through a lot of crap years with that team. The, the, the real problem is with these the, the fan groups. That, you know, it's like 40 guys. You know, they're mostly incels under 30, and they think they represent, <laughs> like, all fans. But there's just so many fans out there that will never hear oh, of their man. silly attempted protest. Well, Aaron Rodgers has been kicked off the uh, Pat McAfee show for the remainder of the football season. Pat Season's McAfee over, isn't it? that today. Well, he's going to do it. He's going to do it all the way through the all the way through the Super Bowl. Oh, but, he was supposed to go through the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, but because of this whole Jimmy Kimmel thing, uh, even Pat McAfee said he's not upset about it. This has caused a lot of drama, so he's not going to be returning. Uh, we also have seen reports coming out of New York that he wants to have some type of input in the personnel this offseason with the Jets and who they bring in. So we had our guy uh, Aaron Schatz, or Schatz, or Schatz, whatever it is from ESPN. Spelled like Schatz, but uh, pronounced Schatz. Schatz. He said what Rodgers wants, Rodgers gets, and he wants more playmakers. So the Jets will bring in receiver Odell Beckham Jr. in free agency after his contract with the Ravens automatically voids. There's a lot of rumors about Devontae Adams. Are they they able to reunite there? Can they get a trade partnership? Might be Odell Beckham Jr. that they pivot to because the Raiders might be unwilling to trade Devontae Adams. I'd imagine Michael Gallup will be available for too long, uh, b- before too long. Boy. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a that's a promising team. That's, that's an interesting team. The drama is what the drama is, and you know I think it's probably been a long time coming uh, that that Aaron Rodgers interview ends. I'm I'm surprised that he's he's made it this long. Uh, but before you know, creating uh, I believe enough of a distraction and a weird one at that. You know, it was like we just transported back to uh, June of 2020 
uh, all of a sudden and, you know, listen yes. to people uh, throw food at each other. For oh, my gosh. Okay. A couple Love days. a good food you fight. You brought up tra- yeah. uh, transporting. All right. Wow. Let's just get Bill Barnwell. We'll just put this out. I saw it a little bit ago. Pete Carroll got fired today, for those that didn't know, from Seattle. He might end up taking a, a role in the front office. We'll see. But for perspective. Pete's going to California. He's just retiring. Pete's he, tired, he deserves Pete's it. Pete's tired of the ring. He's had a great career. He really for, is. For perspective yeah. on how long Pete Carroll was in Seattle, the other class of the 2010 head coaching hires were Chan Gailey in Buffalo. Wow. Leslie Frazier in Minnesota. He's doing NFL Network now. And Mike Shanahan in Washington, who had Sean McVay as his assistant tight ends coach. Dang. Wow, there was only three, I guess four, including Pete Carroll, uh, head coaches hired that offseason. light year. I think think we've already doubled that this year. We certainly have. Thank you, Wolchuk. There it is, your NFL news of the day. Cowboys Twitter, the guys are talking, following today's practice, getting set for the Packers, and we'll give you the highlights next to the nation. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lucius. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3. The fan coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll have an edition of Football's Finest with the Chief. we got the top 10 coming up at 420. At 5 o'clock now, David Hellman's going to join you at 5. One of uh, of the all-time uh, Dallas Cowboys media members. He, he did quite a... Quite a run there at DallasCowboys.com. Then he went Hollywood on us. Now he works for Fox, doing a big podcast, appearing on TV, and he's agreed to join you uh, coming up at 5 o'clock here. We'll talk Cowboys Packers with uh, Brian's old buddy there, Dave Hellman. Okay. And he uh, saved me a lot of days. Yeah, he did. Oh, he, yeah. He's a miracle worker he is, and an angel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Cowboys players are talking uh, following today's practice. Uh, Micah um, making big waves yesterday picking the Eagles and the Lions to lose, and we'll have that a little bit later on in the show for you as well as he's gone viral once again. Uh, we'll have that audio, but, man, it's 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 interesting this space that the podcast puts players in because I didn't know how it would go. Like, is that bulletin board material? You're not playing them? I, I think the players understand, hey, you're in your podcast place now. It's not like you're doing a post-game interview or talking about a matchup with us. I think this is cool. Right, I know. No. I, I think the I think the players have a, a good understanding of you know, hey, the guys, you know, doing the podcast thing. We're, we're going to get some spicy opinions, and that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's turning out for the better for everybody. Yeah, we're all looking for content. Yeah. You know, we're Absolutely. all looking. You know, and 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 people tune in to hear your opinion. And and you know, Micah's uh, no different. He yeah. he understands this. It's I don't think he's trying to create. He, he's all year long. He's come up with his opinions on various topics in the yeah. National Football League. It, this is he's no different than anybody else on our station or ESPN or wherever of picking games. You, you know, know? I, I tip my cap to him. I, I think some guys either they they like broadcasting, maybe they want to be a broadcaster, or they're just trying to be the best at it, or maybe it comes natural. But you can see him bringing his takes to the table. Like, yeah. bang, here's my opinions. Like he's getting ready to do, um, you know, a a, a real radio show and, yeah. and that's you know that's essentially what it is but he's just getting started it's it's interesting to to watch young guys get in and, and go for it and he's definitely a natural he's, he's really good at it judy batista here tweeting some thoughts from the pete carroll press conference longtime seahawks reporter he was emotional as uh, earlier this hour he held a press conference to announce uh their their agreement to move on he says he competed pretty hard to be the coach still so um, he said it's an amicable decision, but clearly he still wanted to be coaching at 72 years old. He says, I'm freaking jacked. I'm not tired. I'm not worn down. 
He says, what's coming now? I've got no idea, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. For the immediate, he's going to help them transition. But I don't think this report that Pete Carroll is going to retire in the Seahawks front office or they, that that suggestion is accurate. I, I think he's probably going to look to continue coaching in some other capacity. I think he's about to become like the Larry Brown of football, Brian. Yeah, it, this uh, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, for for John Snyder there, my guy who was uh, – you know, the general manager there, he he's trying to do something with his team, and I mentioned it in the crosstalk. He's trying to retool his team. You know, there's there's you know he's got a good core. Uh, you know, with some offensive linemen he really likes. Uh, you know, the wide receivers they've done a really good job with those. They got to figure out the quarterback situation. You know, for sure there uh, going forward. But you know, it, it's you know Pete Pete's seventy two years old. I mean, I, and I've I've heard some whispers. You know, throughout the last couple of years. That Pete, you know the, the the rain and all that of Seattle was he's kind of getting tired of that. You know, mm. Pete's a Pete's a Southern California guy. He likes he's seventy two years old. Yeah, yeah seventy two. Yeah. Yeah, looks he likes, fantastic. He likes Yo, the, he moves around better than me, man. Yeah, totally. Loves yeah, the too. sunshine on his face and all that. And you know, there was talk that you know was he was he going to be willing to you know to keep involved in a, in a rebuild or and you know or or, or retooling uh, what they're trying to do. And yeah, he, he's. And Pete's a, Pete's a great guy. John Snyder told me, he goes, I learned so much from him just on, because in Green Bay, we were always kind of the players that might be a little bit questionable about character and stuff like that. Man, Pete's like, no, no, give me those guys. I can coach those guys. I, I've been around those guys all my life. You know, I've been around the player that's a little bit, you know, not center. And uh, John's like, man, he taught me a lot in that way that, you know, that he he, he honestly could, he could coach those guys. And, you know, we had a lot of success doing it that way. So it surprises me it happened now because I thought it was going to happen two years ago. Mm. You know, I'm yeah, surprised. Yeah, when things were really hitting the fan. Yeah, and, I, uh, and I'm going to ask you this. That Vulcan group that, that owns the team, are they, they're about ready to sell, right? And are we about to have they're new They're trying owners? to. Yeah, yeah, like the lady, like. She's Paul, probably going to tie it up in court. Yeah, Paul Allen's, is it his sister? sister. Yeah. yeah, she she owns the Trailblazers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Yeah. And in his in his final will, he's talking about they have to, they're yeah. he, she, he, she has to sell. And that group is fighting it. You know, that's a group yeah. of lawyers and yeah. tech guys yeah. and, and, and some sports executives. And they have, you know, a nice place to work right now they where do. they're running two teams. They and do. they're like, you're saying what now? We're, yeah. we're selling? And- so I wonder if this is the, I wonder if we're starting to get to the point of making this team more attractive. For a sale. For a sale. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. We uh, we do have to uh, also include, I know we talked about it extensively at the top of the show, but this does you know, provide now the clear out for Dan Quinn. If there wasn't a, you know, a blinking light over the Chargers job or any other job out there, this <clears throat> Seattle job where he won a Super Bowl as the defensive coordinator appears to be, um, you know, the, the the most likely destination for Dan Quinn here well, in 24. We, we need to kind of figure out, too, though, is, and, and Zach, you said this, and I need to run this down. If did maybe Pete Carroll resign from this job with the thought that Dan Quinn is going to be the next coach? If there's a friendship there, is it, you know, like, okay, if you're going to replace me, who are you going to replace me with? Yeah. And it's like, well, we're going to try and go after Dan Quinn. Okay. I see what Understood. you're doing. I totally understand what you're doing here. You know, send send my money to, uh, you know, Southern California, and I'll be happy. If you need me to come in and visit, I'll be happy to do that. But other than that, I'm going I'm going back down, down to, you know, back south and – 
Yeah. If you want to call me, I'll be happy to take your call. Mm-hmm. You know, but just, yeah, this is just how they do it, so they don't have to fire him. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not firing him. He's just doing something else for us. He's consulting. Yeah. He's no, you you fired him, but you still got to pay him, and you don't want to say you fired you him. Know, exactly right. Level. Yeah, you don't. And it just you, looks better. And you, yeah. we bring him back, and he becomes a Ring of Honor guy, and totally all that stuff like that. Yeah. Probably. What do they do? They raise the twelfth man. Flag yeah, he or gets. Like he that. gets. To, he gets to raise the, the definitely. Man yeah, he, I, he is now the the third shortest firing after winning a Super Bowl, though, with uh, Doug Peterson being the leader of that club at mm. three years with Philadelphia. Running back Tony Pard on the field going into the playoffs this year compared to previous seasons feels like we're more ready for the moment ready for whatever adversity that we may face in the upcoming weeks we're just ready to go out there and get it on if the team is hungrier now than the way the last two seasons ended definitely just the way people are uh, uh have bought into the details the way they're prepared throughout the week i i do feel like this is a championship mindset the cowboys have now what's that get you i think that gets you your best consistent effort will that be good enough to win three games and, and get to the super bowl We'll find out. And Brandon Cooks was asked <clears throat> if the Cowboys are under more pressure than the Packers because the Packers are, are playing with house money. You know, they just barely, they, they, they backed in here. Yeah, you know, weren't, weren't expecting to be here. Says, I don't know if that's the case. Maybe that's the outside noise. But at the end of the day, when we look on film, we're looking at a great team that's played at a high level to finish the season as far as pressure. No, because we know what's in front of us. Playoff ball. That's the best of everyone's ball. So we got to show up, continue to be uh, who we are, and not put more on ourselves than we need to. I mean, you got to put your best ball out there, you know. Yeah, it's winner go home time, man. I mean, can't hold anything back. No, no, definitely not your best ball. Do you know which of yours is the best ball out there? If you had to play it, well, when I had two, I felt like it was my left. I've always right. thought the left was the best. More than I expected to find out about you, but appreciate the candor there. Mm-hmm. Hang right and the honesty. Vasectomy, yeah. man. Okay, uh, again, David Hellman's coming up. <laughs> David Hellman's coming up at five o'clock. <clears throat> Football's finest is next with the chief. Where are you taking us? Cowboys and Packers. Things to know, plus a sprinkle of college football news for you next year in the nation. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. 
So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.